Today, we have something kind of neat. I was able to poke and prod Ryan Sage a little bit and get you guys uh, some savings on some cool merch. So use code PODCAST23 at checkout. Save yourself 20% on any FD merch. Hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever it is. You can't get this sign. That's mine. You're not getting that one. But basically everything else, use code PODCAST23 at checkout. Save yourself 20%. Rep some FD shirts, some hats, whatever. And we'll see you out there. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. My name is Jacob Gettens, and this week we have Mr. Rad Dan himself. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Oh, man. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I'm super pumped that you're back. I mean, of all the announcements, um, this one this one definitely got me pretty, pretty excited. I'd say I'm pretty excited, too. <laughs> Glad to be back. You and I chatted like super briefly in Florida and I, I'd like mentioned to you then, I was like, so what do you think? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm still trying to sort it out. And it, well, uh, yeah, sounds like it was pretty recent. The decision was made. Um, so funny you say that we chatted briefly in Florida. So I, w- I was a little bit like wondering, should I just be done with drifting? Like the thought, you know, went through my head. And then when I was there at an FD round in Florida, and just you can feel it, you you can taste it. It's just you're there and you've lived it for so many years. It's like, no way am I done with this. So um I wasn't sure how to get back, um, I guess like financially. And we could talk about that in a second. But like that weekend I decided I gotta like start pushing. I have the trailer, I have the car, I have the shop, like I know how to do this, I can drive. Let's find a way back. So that was kind of like when me and Renee started. Hmm. Okay. That's that. Yeah. It's kind of funny to know because like I, it was interesting seeing you kind of like around and still chatting with everybody. It's like you know you didn't miss a beat minus the actual try. It's, it was almost like you got, like didn't make qualifying and you were just hanging out with everybody. <laughs> and I'm and just there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's neat. Was there like an instant that was it? Like the moment you walked um, in the gates or like the first run or. Uh, it was like I was fighting it inside myself. Like, you don't need to do this anymore. Maybe. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or you, but like, I, like, that's all I could think about. So I was trying to like fight it inside myself. And once top 16 battle started and I, I was there to spot for Ola and, um, he didn't do so well at that round, unfortunately, (laughs) but like, so then I got to just kind of go mingle with my people and like, I missed all the, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I'm meant to be there. I, I like connect with all these people. And so I'm there and I'm watching from, you know, I don't know. I was in Dylan's pit with his mom and his people and um, not his pit, like where he had his tent set up. Yeah. And I, it was just like, you could just feel it as they come to the last outer zone when they come around that. And you're just like, Oh, I gotta be here. And so it was kind of, Top 16, I was like, yeah, we're going to get motivated to like start pushing to go back. Was it like the drive home? You guys started talking about it and planning and figuring at that point? I guess, yeah. It was like, at least it was in my head. I don't really recall if Renee and I were talking about it, planning on the drive home. But then we were like, okay, let's put some energy and start pushing to, you know, go find the next partner that's going to make up the slack, you know? Is it like a number? And you don't have to tell me the number, but like, is there a number where you go, okay, if we can come up with this amount of money, we're we're in the clear, or like, okay, this yeah. is you know this amount we can start pushing, and and that. There's definitely like a set number for me. It's probably 
150 is like you're gonna you'd break even and you probably have a little cushion in there for like your truck breaking your trailer breaking or something you know like that right so I'd say like a hundred you could maybe make it happen I don't know <laughs> with like how you know gas can be your know, diesel is more expensive flights are more expensive Airbnbs are have gone up but like mm-hmm. it's probably more like 120 you could maybe but like you gotta pay your people you gotta pay the people that are you know your crew otherwise, if you skimp there, that you're gonna feel it, and you—I don't know—I've I've lived that and learned that over the years. And you got to take care of your guys, or it's like you can't ask. It's—it's it's not easy what we're doing, traveling and stuff, and hard I, long days. You know, I think it changes your ask too. Like I think if and, and please, like obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but like if if the guys are not being paid per se, at the end of the event, you you know, when everybody's tired, yeah, you're not going to be like, hey, like, I need you to, can you also like pull the trans? Like, we're going to have to rebuild it, <laughs> right? Whereas yeah. if they're being paid, you're kind of like, not to sound shitty, but like, you're on the clock. Like, yeah. I do need that trans pulled out so I can rebuild it later. Instead yeah, of you just having to like, put, put the that. alignment in for next round and it's raining and we still right. got to tear down after that. It's like, I fully get that. Um, I've been there at the be- very beginning Back in like 2015, 16, 17, it would kind of be like the, it was like guys that worked at my shop and we'd do like a trade thing. And like I yeah. cover the expenses to get them there, but like, okay, I'll trade you to help you get material for your roll cage or use my equipment at the sh- something, you know? It's yeah, not the it, best. It, it cha- well, it changes the dynamic, right? Like I think the more we see teams run as a business, the better they perform. For sure. So a business full of volunteers is going to kind of get volunteer effort. Yeah, it, so I think you kind of need to hit 150 and up from that if you can. It's mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's the hardest part of the game is the monetary sponsorship stuff, and you know it can come and go as you can see. Yeah. Um, maybe to sidetrack a little bit, I like when um, we moved to Florida, and then we we had like this full set plan, and then when the marketing team changed at gear wrench and that was like last minute pull out and we're like oh like we thought about running on like less than you know we would have had to front out like a big chunk and we're like should we do it and we're like ah. but then you're gonna do sacrifice type stuff and it would be like we had good momentum going at 21 to 22 there was like you could see improvements in like the team and in my driving and the car and i'm like doesn't feel it was like it was a super hard decision, but it just didn't feel right to like do it that way. Well, you guys broke it down really well in that video where where you taught like you literally said like we are not it's not that we can't do it. We are just not prepared to go back to a way of living and a lifestyle that we have now more or less surpassed to do yeah. this thing. It was a tough decision, but Man. I feel like it was a good decision because. I got to like step back and like view because I've been in it for eight years solid of just like, you know, hamster wheel trying to make this happen and at the beginning and it got better and you're improving it. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's changed. And then I got to like calm down for a year, which I haven't done that in like a decade because before <laughs> pro you're, you're chasing to get through pro-am and you know, um, it, it was, it was really cool, but I, I, I like, I crave it. I miss it. I miss the pressure. I, I need to get back in and Renee too. It's like normal life or whatever you want to call that wasn't <laughs> enough for us. We're like, we need to get back in this. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I totally understand. I'm um, 
insanely busy. Just, I mean, podcast, I run two companies, like three kids, like I have a nuts life. And people are like, oh, isn't it nice just to like relax? I'm like, I feel guilty. Like if I, if I spend three hours watching TV, I'll like get up. And I'm like, I'm a, like, what am I doing? You're like, like, I could be oh, doing slacking. anything else. Yeah. And I'll like look around and like, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I could have been at the garage. I could have been in my office. I could have been doing anything. It's, it's tough. It's tough to relax. It is. And sometimes you need it, but I'm, I'm not great at relaxing <laughs> myself either. So I, I miss the, the like fast paced stuff. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, if it was going to happen, it seemed to have happened at a good time because you were able to, you know, get the shop set up, you know, all the That's paving true. stuff going on and, you know, more or less get settled. And then, you know, now you don't have those distractions either of like, oh, we, we've got to move or, oh, I want to repave this or I want to move yeah. that shed or whatever, right? Like, I just, I yeah, can focus you're on You're not driving. wrong. That's true. We got like, <laughs> positives, I guess, if you look at it, you're like, oh, it's good that that happened. So we did get to set up the shop. Um, Chelsea Denofa had another way of saying, he's like, so when you're not at FD, you got, you got so distracted, you're buying a bunch of Z3s and cutting them up to make like the skid pad in front of your shop. He's like, you don't need that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's so much fun. And it's, I'm, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. It's a, it's a sick little set. I think all of us just want like a driveway that we can drift on or we just do. an area that you can go. In. I mean, mini Turk's track got it. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, we probably all want a full track, but it's not obtainable, you know? Yeah. That that yeah. almost needs to be a thing. Like, I, I feel like you guys could do, between all of the drivers, like, there's enough driveway <laughs> tracks that you could create yeah. a circuit within FD <laughs> where, like, the whole, like, you know, eight guys or whatever go to people's houses and you just have competitions in between rounds. For like sure. Micro like, FD competition. <laughs> I wanted to, well, like, with the, Formula the asphalt <laughs> out front, I wanted to get, like, a like a bleachers from like, I don't know, like little league bleachers. It's only like three <laughs> tiers and then be like, okay, let's have like a top eight competition, but they have to drive the Z3. So they're just like the same car, you know? <laughs> so there isn't really an advantage. And like, possibly, I know I'm not that close to Orlando. I'm like two hours away, but possibly if a couple of the dudes, they came through last year. So yeah, if they come by, we're definitely going to have to pull something off like that, like a little mini comp. I feel like it's tradition for, you know, drivers to come visit you at your shop or do repairs there. Like, yeah. you've had such a long list of people from, you know, Forsberg, Kristaps, uh, I know Olsen, Ula. I thought I saw, like, way back in the day, like, Mad Mike even had his car at your he, house. Like, yeah, was it 2010? In, no. Oh, at my house. Yeah, in 2010, my... <laughs> So because of Mad Mike is what like I was like, I'm going to push myself to become a drifter. I always thought it would be cool, but I'm like, it's like super difficult to get into, you know, FD and I'm like, I didn't have parents that could fund it. So I was like, I don't know. And I was like nervous to try. So anyways, Mike in 2010 kind of like used my house for a couple, you know, I guess points during the season. And, um, you know, when the, we were on the road, it was closer to California. And then that's, that's the beginning of my friendship with Mad Mike. And later in 2015, when I had the shop, he like was based out of the shop that year. So that was pretty cool. There has you've always, been a, a you've, always of, you've just been like the, 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 you know, the Valley of Misfit Toys, right? It's all these <laughs> drivers so. just coming in and be like, Mike, can I, as long yeah. as they put their tools back, right? You're cool with them? Yeah. For yeah. the most part, it's just fun. And then you usually learn something from another driver or a team and like, 
we're all like trying to accomplish the same thing. So we help each other out. Yeah. Have you, have you had anybody? I mean, uh, I think Simon Super is still there. I know he I think, just, I don't know if Ula he, he, did he not, just move it? Yes. Yeah, Simon just moved it. Um, and then Olaz is still in on the West Coast with like uh, Pierre at Blood Motorsports. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure who you're housing these days. I was scrubbing, right, right now, scrubbing no YouTube one. videos. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might happen again, but as of right now, just just the my Supras and stuff and like a customer car. Nice. So you're, yeah. you're still doing, obviously you've moved pretty heavily into like parts production and stuff, but you're still doing yeah. customer builds? So the goal was to like, you know, evolve the business to do parts and like we, yes, we produced a lot of parts and we're always trying to do more and then sell other parts, you know, that like other companies like Radium or ACT or BC and GSC, stuff like that. Um, and over the years we like saw like, okay, the potential now we could move because we don't need to like sole focus on customer car builds, which is cool. And it's fun to like show people, but it's hard work. It's, it's a lot easier to sell parts <laughs> um, and it's a little more profitable. So we told ourselves, hey, let's stop doing like customer cars. Um, I guess though I got talked into this one. So uh, it's a previous customer and we built him a Supra. I think we delivered it to him in like 2019. It's a really nice street car for him. And he it was a Targa though. And he wanted a hard top always and wished he could. And so he found a hard top and he's like, damn. I'm shipping, and he found it in Florida. He's like, I'm shipping it to your shop. I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> he just, he just did. And like, I guess I could have fully said no, but I'm like, ah, this guy builds cool car. Like, he'll go the distance and put everything. So I'm like, this will be a really cool one. So I agreed to it. And at this point, it's stripped to nothing and it goes to paint, um, I think next Monday. So <laughs> it'll be a cool, like, full restoration rebuild, but. There might be more. Who knows? I mean, the nice thing is you can be choosy now, right? Like, yeah, you can you can decide to work with people you know that you want to work with or that you like clients you enjoy working with, right? True. When you, when you first start a company, oh, I mean, I mean, twenty fourteen, you're probably just taking anything you can grab, anything. right? You just say yes, yes, yeah. like, and you're thinking, I gotta pay rent, and how am I gonna save up to buy that part to go to you know the next round or whatever? Like, you're just taking yeah and that's not the best business plan but that was you learn as you go and that's definitely how i started for sure yeah i i think that's so many people like it's so difficult to just jump off and be like oh, i'm going to be selective like you'd have to have a pretty good financial back i mean starting your or, own company for anybody is is scary yeah <laughs> you need like a reputation which takes years before you could be selective and you need like I needed like old people that were like just observing to be like, hey, quit doing everything, specialize, specialize. I'm like, well, but then I won't have as much. You're just so worried you're not going to yeah. cover the rent or what, or the payroll and the rent that it's like you have to live it. And then you're like, ah, he was right. That old guy was right because he already lived it probably, you know? I did, dude, I did the exact same thing. Like we, I, I was doing marketing and I was like building websites for like everybody and all this stuff. And then it was like, someone's like, just do the thing you like to do. I'm like, ah, it's racing. And they're like, well, just do that. I'm like, the market's not big enough. And it's like, it turns out it is. You You're just have worried to be good you, enough. It's like, yeah. you just have to believe in yourself and just do it. But like, you got to live it a little bit yeah. first, you know? Yeah. I think it was 2021 is when we just stopped taking clients that weren't 
cars related. And like, there's a couple that were like, you know, on the edge for a little bit. And then, you know, even now I don't, I think we have like one non-car client, but they've been a client of ours since 2019. So I like, I can't, I can't say no to them. They're so, a very good one. And you're like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pay their bills. I mean, they don't ask questions. I just do, do the work and send them an email every once in a while. And they're like, yeah, that's, happy that's to pay the, the best kind of customer. So yeah, that's yeah. why, that's why there'll still be some car builds I'm sure here, <laughs> but I'm going to try and say no to most of them. Yeah. So yeah. why, I guess, why the Supra of all the cars? Because I mean, you had an S chassis before. I think you even had an FDR X7. Like I, why Supra? So I had an FC. Um, I I don't know if there's any pictures out there. of. I did own one S chassis. I bought it. It sat at my apartment complex and I was going to V8 swap it to drift. And it that was like a coupe. I, I don't think, you might be thinking my FC was an S chassis, but that's how oh, I maybe. did. So I did... Um, my pro-am was in an FCRX7. Um, but so why the Supra? As a child, when you see a car and you like run up in a parking lot and look in the window and look at the speedometer and it says 180 and you're like, oh my gosh. Like that was the FDRX7 and the Supra for me were like my dream cars as a child. So the I owned an FDRX7 and everything falls apart on it on the inside, like the plastics and stuff. It's a Mazda. I still like the way those look. And then when I got my first Toyota, I was like, whoa, these things are like built a little different. And then I was finally able to get a Supra when I was 21 and I fell in love and like, well, I was already in love, but I just yeah can't quite get over it yet. Still, <laughs> still love them. It's a, I mean, of all the chassis to pick, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I'm partial to the FDRX7. I've never owned one, so I don't know the issues yet. So it's still that like poster car for me. They're beautiful. Um, yeah, but my my best friend has a has a JDM Supra. It's a '98. Um, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. You just it looks beautiful no matter what angle. Yeah. You know, wherever it's it's parked, it looks good. Um, you'll just I get people coming get, up to you constantly. I can't get over it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'll be an old man and have some Supras, but uh, FDRX7s. Uh, that that looks good from all angles. It's just. The rotary, you can't get the torque and the power out of. So, like, yeah, you kind of always lean towards putting a V8 in, in the <laughs> RX7. I don't know, not if it's like a purist, but if you want like all the, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you want, if you want everything about the handling and style, but then the yeah. power to match it, like that's sometimes V8 yeah. makes sense. The rotary yeah. people are mad. I'm sorry, guys, but I said it. They're, Owned they're lots of RX7s, <laughs> and I had lots of rotaries. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, like I said, I think you picked a, a great car. I, I, I do still like kind of question that platform for like the FD level. Um, it's, is that, are you, are you kind perfect. of in the same boat as Dean Carney where it's like, I don't think come it's this that far? bad. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Okay. I, I didn't let you finish. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, it's I good think clip. his car is hard to drive. I think he, it's. Yeah, I think if you put Dean, okay, we're getting sidetracked, but put him it's in fine. something else, man, he would do better. The Supra, I think, is better than that. And I think I just didn't have um, people to bounce ideas off of. And sometimes I probably did it the hard-headed, long, learn your lesson and not listen to. Because like, I had guidance from people that didn't have a Supra, though. Mm. And they're like, do this. And I wouldn't listen right away. It would take me like a year to do what they had told me to do. Because I'm like... I don't think that's it. They don't have, you know, they didn't drive the super. They don't have, but like 
you've seen some Supras do pretty good um, in like Russia, I guess, like where Jack drove one and um, he did really good. That's fully modified and didn't look like a Supra, but like the suspension is still a Supra. Um, I don't know. I should have just done more mods quicker and like changed the front around a bunch, changed the background a bunch, but like I didn't really have the money and I was just like, you could say like paycheck to paycheck trying to get to the like barely making it to a round and I would save up in between rounds and work my ass off to get to the next one. So I wasn't like developing any new, you know, anything between it up until Mike Essa helped me a lot, um, figure out the back of the car. Cause we were like not having enough travel, like not enough stroke and droop and stuff. So we mm-hmm. made like some custom coilovers that are come up inside. The top hat goes up inside and it like gives me a little bit more travel that helped a lot. And then the persistence of Matt field, like camber the front of your car. And I'm like, okay, but I should have <laughs> just listened at the beginning. But like, finally he's like, I'll, cause I was like, drive my car and tell me what you think. He's like, not enough camber in the front. And I was like, fine and we were at like <laughs> at like apple valley speedway one day when uh like i think drift week was there or something this was like 2019 probably mm-hmm. and so finally i cambered the front of my car like crazy like five and a half six degrees of negative camber whole different car <laughs> and but it, yeah i kind of yeah. should have yeah done it sooner but i didn't know well i mean it's I understand, like, I understand the hard-headedness because it's always that defensive, like, well, they're not driving my car. That's not my style. That's not this, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's tough. And it's, and the it's not parts. universal. Yes. Oh, okay. The parts yeah, no. didn't allow it. I had to, like, change the, like, there's not a whole lot of kits and the WiseFab didn't allow for that much. So I had to, like, change some things and, like, add little bits to the WiseFab. And then I was like, oh, it's a whole different car. And it's like, but it, I don't know. I wish like I knew sooner, but whatever. Was it? It's working was, good now. Was the camber just to keep the contact patch at ankle or at angle? Yeah, so like so. It I, so before we had done that, um, let's say I had like three, two and a half degree, like two point eight to three point five degrees of camber was like the max you could kind of get without things starting to bind, mm-hmm. and so after and if you look at pictures or video it would like start to roll over and be a little bit positive at full angle and on top of that it wanted to like because it's doing that it wants to yank it to angle like you get into a corner it's trying to be like let's go full lock and you're like what the you know Mm. the car just wants to add angle and so and it would be like you fight with the car like you don't let it go to angle but you're like if you let go of the wheel it would have gone to angle so it's like yeah, I should And it I was, yeah, too yeah. much self steer. Like it was, it was pull it, pulling it into it like, the rest of the way. Especially a bank track. Like you flick it into Irwindale and it wants to add like not full lock, but like way more than you want. And you're like, what are you doing to me? And then you like kind of fight it and it would almost be twitchy. So then once you add all the camber, doesn't do that anymore. And it's taking grip out of the front at the same time by doing that. So then it's like, it probably, you know, I just had too much front grip. There's like 10 things and it just took years of slowly making changes and then the car's easier to drive. It's definitely not the the best car for drifting, but I'm in it this far and I really want to see how far I can go with it. If I was to change chassis, then you got to follow yeah. someone else's footsteps or go down that path again, you know? 
Well, I think you're also progressing that chassis. And I mean, as a business case, like it makes sense too, right? You're known for it. You're progressing that chassis, you're progressing that engine platform. And the more you're learning, the more you're developing into parts, which is just R&D for resales. So like, I also get that side of it. I've, Yes, but then we have to think how many supers are drifting. Very few. The parts, though, people are still re- like refreshing them or rebuilding them or building engines. But some at some point, I'm going to have to broaden. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there there is a new Supra. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's not the same. Supra. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it's it's either that or a, a Yamaha Supra, right? Like, yeah. The, yeah, true. But I like <laughs> Yamaha more than BMW. But yeah, maybe I should do stuff for the other one. Not I, yet, I, but I will. I think, it, I think it'd be interesting. I mean, what would be the ultimate is if somebody built a body kit that made you know the new Super look like a Mark IV. Like if you but want like to develop something. a modernized Mark IV, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be perfect and I'm sure people would like shit on it, but like, they would you know, buy as you it. said, that other Supra with that insane i don't know what kit that what that kit it's is it's kabargan drift just built something of his own like his you know how yeah. he did that with the c7 that he drives on and then he like renames i don't know what he yeah. calls it but i'm like what is that an audi or what did you do to the front of that but but look at like a veil side fdrx7 right like if you didn't know if, if you had no idea you would never guess that that was an fdrx7 True. we all know now because like yeah it's such an iconic car but yeah yeah i don't know I'm Maybe. not trying to push. I'm not trying to push career advice on you. I mean, I'm my my job's armchair quarterback. You you guys get to actually do the thing. So, it's just it's just interesting. I, I'm always curious about people who have kind of like picked the chassis and and stuck with it because like there's definitely something to be said about that development, and there's also something to be said about a more competitive chassis, right? Like it's just the love of that car, and I figured like I was, you know. At first, it was just like, this is the car for me. I'll make it the best car. And then later, you're like, it's clearly not the best car, but it has potential. It mm-hmm. doesn't, there's not like where it hit a point where like, we can't get any more grip out of the chassis, like mechanical grip. It has a lot of positives. It's just, there's some negative. I think each car has their negatives. The BMW yeah. seem to be the easiest. The trailing arm BMW is like E36 or 46, but. And they are easy to drive, but I don't want to be the same as every other person. So I'm like, I'll stick with the Supra. Well, just on the marketing front of it too, right? Like having something that's different, having that iconic car, you know, I'm sure going and chatting with brands, it's a little bit easier because they, they already know like, oh, it's going to be on a Mark IV Supra, right? Like they, they it helped you're synonymous a ton with at the beginning. I think now um, they're over it by, well, not over it, but not as, you know. Yeah. It's been around for so long, yeah. But like at the beginning, that helped us. But then when you're like going for like big partnerships, you got they they look at everything. They they probably don't care so much on the cars that like a part sponsor or something like that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So can you give me the story how uh, JTP and Ryan Clemens gave you the name Rad Dan? (laughs) Yeah. So when I first was getting into drifting, um, I got like. Going back to my roots, I like my first car was a Turbo 2 RX7 when I was in high school when I was 16. And I was like, if I'm going to do it, like I can't take a, I had a Supra at the time, but I was like, I can't like ruin a Supra learning how to drift and smashing it on. I mean, you're going to ruin a Supra. So I got the FC and then that was like the connection with JTP because he had an FC and like he helped me with some setup stuff. And then we became, you know, like, 
friends every time I would like ask him for something or we go drive together to, you know, a Willow track day and stuff. And Ryan Clemens also had the FC with a V8 in it. So it was like the little group. And then, so at the time, JTP had Hotline and um, that's the name of his shop. And like he was doing like fab work to cars or building, you know, full builds on cars, depending on the customer, whatever. But like, just making a living that way and being a Falcon driver at the same time um, and like housing all his toys there. So then when he would get too busy, he'd be like, Hey Dan, do you want to work a couple days? I have this job to do. Cause like he had his full-time Ryan Clemens, full-time fab guy, but then he would get extra work and like he couldn't do it or whatever. So I yeah. would go up there to when his shop was in Gardena, I would go up there and work on stuff with him. One particular time, it's this guy, his name was Bill. He had a pretty clean FC, like really nice, like no rust, like, and he's like slowly adding stuff to it all the time. And he's like trying to learn how to drift. It didn't even have, I think he, yeah, he didn't have a cage yet, but he would like go to, I don't know, this was a long time ago too, like <laughs> 2010. So like times were different back then. Um, I go up there and the job this day was like, coil over install and I think something else. I can't remember, but the job didn't happen. So what happened is I go to jack up the car and like I had an FC, so I'd always jack it up off the front subframe. And the jack I was using was like a smaller one. It didn't have like, you know how they have like the little four sections that'll grab on. Mm. It was like an aluminum, like one and a half ton jack and it didn't have like the teeth that grab as much. And the subframe had a little bit of oil on it and he had his handbrake up. Didn't check. I was like just in a hurry and I start jacking it up. And so the car rolling with like the handbrake being off, it would have rolled up and I was going to put jack stands under the front and then go to the back, get it up. And I go to get the jack stands and I just hear (laughs) and it slides off the subframe and just lands right on the radiator. And I'm like, Oh, so I go into the office. I'm like, Justin, uh, uh, Cause he's like doing something on his computer. I have something to tell you. And I'm like, I know he's going to be mad. I'm like I ruined this guy's radiator, but I'll buy a new one. It's a Koyo. I know how to get one. I could get it today. I'll fix it. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. No, he wouldn't believe me. And then, so then he's all upset, but then he like, he's like, well, I guess if you're going to pay for it and handle it, I can't be that mad. We got to tell Bill. So he tells Bill and Bill's like understanding. And then I get back with the radiator. He's like, Ryan and I decided your new nickname is Radiator Dan. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. And, like, <laughs> and like, then the next day, or like maybe a couple of days later, he's like, that's too long. Your nickname's Rad Dan. I was like, okay, I'll just run with it. Yeah. And then it stuck, and that's that's the nickname. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'd, I'd heard stories that came from Radiator, but I'm glad that, uh, that glad we were able to keep it. I wish it. I had it. The Radiator was just horseshoed. I could hang oh it on God. the wall. But I don't know what happened to that radiator. We'll just get a we'll we'll call up Koyo and get a baseball bat out and smash it. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, do, I think it's funny though because like the the I don't know if the personality was like attached to the name or or how that worked out. But like, I mean, you've you've done bungee jumping, you've done like all these crazy things. You've always been a generally rad person, from what I can tell from stalking yeah. your social media. So it's like it it fit it fit too well. It did, and I was like, "That's cool, thanks for the nickname." And I didn't, I don't think he had any idea. I would like, I was like, "Renee, we should make a sticker." And then she made a shirt, and a, this was like 2010, I think. Okay, I don't know, like, yeah, 
So you would we, have had a mohawk we, then too? So I had a mullet then. I was helping Mad Mike for like certain rounds that I could get to. He wasn't paying me. I was just going to volunteer and like get to some of the rounds for him that year in FD. And because he, he didn't really have, he, you know, he would help yeah. with gas money. He just didn't have it like he maybe you thought he did. He was just making it happen to get to America. And, you know, he's really good at like doing what he does. And like, I was like watching everything he did. I was like, I got to find a way to be my own version of kind of like this guy. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm observing JTP and like Chris Forsberg or anyone, Mike Essa, because like those are like my idols at the time. I'm like, haven't even started doing pro am drifting. I'm just like starting drifting at the time. And, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just kind of how the beginning of my drifting went, you know? I mean, it's, it's good branding between mullets and mohawks and I, mohawk mullets now. And I think I had a mohawk and then I just grew the back out. Like, didn't have, I think is how it happened. I didn't have a haircut. No, I remember now. I didn't get a haircut for a really long time and Matt Powers had like kind of longer hair in the back and I was like, I'm going to do a mullet. It's going to be better than both of our haircuts. It's like, no, you won't. And then I did it and people would like laugh about it and then I just was like, I'll keep doing it and then it was kind of, now I have to do it, I guess. <laughs> it's You're lucky though. It's come back around. It like, came back ten- and now it's not even funny. Everyone does uh, it. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Dude. My 10-year-old's got a mullet, like totally non-ironically. He's like, I love this haircut. He's like, all the girls like it. I'm like, okay, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my dad had a mullet when he was, you know, my age. So it's it's just come back around. That's all. Yeah. So I'll keep it for a little longer. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I'm, I, I had a mohawk for a really long time. I used to have like a giant lime green mohawk. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm down with yeah. any crazy hairstyle. Cool. So have you ever thought about creating a pizza delivery service that has young men wearing nothing but bike shorts and bow ties delivering pizzas? How did you hear about that? Did I tell you about that? I got to do research, man. That was like, um, that was just like the icebreaker to like talk to Renee and get to know her. And I was like, pizza's... So she was like the neighbor in the apartment complex. And like, I had said hi to her, but like in passing or whatever. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to like get through? She's like, just so serious, gets home from school. Like she's going to college and like walks in and like goes through. I'm like, okay, like she is not having it. Like, how can I ask her on a date or how can I? So I just had to be like creative. So I got, I had these like really short shirts. Well, you know, when you're like, I guess not everyone's like this, but when you're younger, like 18 to 21, you're like, just do dumb things to get attention yeah. and to laugh and like, so I was a valet, so I had like a plenty of bow ties because I had to wear a vest and a white shirt and a bow tie. So I just put the bow tie on and these short green shorts that would be like what 80s people wore to go running or whatever, you know, but like not even that fancy. And I pizza delivery and like, we didn't order a pizza. Yeah, you did. And I walk in with an empty box of pizza and it's like her and her two roommates are like, what is the neighbor doing here? And then I'm like, <laughs> There you go. And I set it down on the coffee table and like sit on their couch. And I was like kind of <laughs> nervous, but I'm just like trying to like find a way to like keep the conversation going so I could get to know them, you know? Oh, it man. worked eventually. You know, that's amazing. That dude, yeah. the, the cojones it takes to do that <laughs> is, is nuts. I don't know why I even did it. I don't even know how I thought of that. It just happened. Well, and you were, uh, you would have been ripped at the time too, which helps, right? You're just like skinny, like, t- yeah, like. Less body fat, 20-year-old. I think I was 20. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. 
And then a couple of years later, you guys are are married and running, you know, shop together. Well, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it took a while, but yeah. <laughs> We've been together since 2004, so it's been a long time. That's crazy. That's yeah. I, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, you're you're coming up on 20 years, man. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look it though. I mean, you're you're one of you're one of those people that just doesn't age linearly. Maybe yeah. like when you hit 60, it'll all like come at you, but... Probably. I, we don't feel old, but we're always like, oh, crap, like these people are 25. Like, okay, we're a little older than them. <laughs> yeah. It's all about how you feel though, right? Feeling True. out. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely you definitely don't act your age, that's for sure. <laughs> no. I want to be like a 12-year-old kid till I'm, you know, I don't want to grow up. No, it's it's a <laughs> trap, right? Like why... Yeah, we don't need to grow up. No, no, you don't... You, and that's the thing, like you don't, truly have to like you have to do grown-up things but it doesn't got, have to actually yeah, grow you got to be responsible but enjoy life yeah so would you officially denounce two j's if you had the opportunity to become wolverine <laughs> yeah that would be my one wish be wolverine <laughs> i guess we could get rid of two j's you would you would trade two j's <laughs> if you could I become wolverine i wouldn't need him anymore if i was wolverine <laughs> Where are you getting all this information? You called Renee? <laughs> I got sources, man. You got to remember, I had like Norwegian invasions in there. I got yeah, a, I got a whole list. So. True. We're, that's we're like good. my that's my one wish in life to be Wolverine. I know it's far fetched, but it's, yeah, it's okay. Hey, you, you wish to have hero. a Supra. I mean, you wish to have a Supra. Yeah. You wish to make it to FD. Like true. Wolverine's next. I mean, what what they're doing with medicine now? Why not? That's right? never gonna happen. But I wish it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a Halloween costume Activate too. Activate the claws whenever you want. Yeah, that'd yeah, be cool. it'd be good. I mean, even just like at the odd occasion, like yeah. a loose fastener, and you can just bust out the claw, and you got a flathead ready to go. Yep, coming <laughs> handy all the time. So we're we're on on a serious note. So where are you at with like planning for next year? Like, how far have you guys gotten? Obviously, you've, um, you've figured out sponsorship to some degree. Yeah, so we were waiting, well, like, we had it set in our head, like, we're going to do this, you know, but then you do need to find the partners to back <laughs> you or, you know, find, like, the winning lottery ticket, I guess. So um, we we were hustling pretty hard there for a couple months. Um, Renee does the bulk of that, and, like, I'll come up with ideas maybe, but give the credit to Renee. Um, so... With with uh, like with Gearing stepping out, we had already the in with Sunex that we had like um, someone we knew at Sunex, and we kind of were growing that throughout the year. And they knew we wanted to go back, but they had to like kind of pitch it to their bosses and like have it make sense. So we had this thing growing in the background the whole time. On top of that, we had another thing that hadn't that we've been kind of working on for a year. So it's going to be. The main reason we we're able to come back is SunX Tool. Second reason is Loctite. And that one hasn't been announced yet, but that's another pretty big brand, a good brand to be working with that we're pretty pumped on. It's just that we didn't have contracts yet, so we weren't mm. going to say something and have it, you know, be like, ah, that didn't happen. We're those people, you know, I, I'm, we're not going to be that kind of, yeah. you know, team. So, that's kind of why it took us so long to, and like, you know how companies are when they're trying to, it's like everyone has to be part of it before they're going to make their decisions for the following year. So it just took the time, but, um, we do have two other companies that we're working. I can't say those names. That's all good. Um, 
but we're getting there with that could be even better for us. So it could even be a better comeback than we, that we're, you know, than we say right now, but you know, we won't have those answers yet. Maybe next month, this month, who knows? Oh no, next month or January is what I mean. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough. I don't think a lot of people who aren't involved with like contract negotiations or sponsorship understand like this is it. one, it never stops. Like you're constantly chatting with brands, even if it's just like off the cuff stuff, you're meeting people at booze or, you know, PRI, SEMA, those ones are, are easy pickings. Cause it might happen like a year. For, you never know when like it's all, it's just going to pop off and they'll be like, okay, we need you, Dan or whatever, yeah. or Jacob. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's frustrating that we had to step out for a year, but I'm pumped that we were able to pull it together. And it's better than, I think, with multiple medium partners that we could grow with and pull another one in. I feel like it's better than how when we left. It's like really good foundation to build off of moving forward. And I hope we can be back in there for you know several years until yeah, I decide, and- oh, I'm too old, I'll stop <laughs> Well, I mean, I could, I could definitely see you, you know, running a team or, or consulting. Yeah, gonna, or, we yeah. will do that for sure. But I want to get the driving. Like, I want to get what I want to get out of it. And I haven't got like, I came there to do something. I haven't done it yet. So once we yeah. accomplish that, in the meantime, we have talked about running a second car and we have more Supras and we could build another chassis and we have, you know, we know what to do. So that will happen, but that's not going to be next year. It might be couple of years down the line. Well, you've got to, you've got to build it out. I mean, you want to establish with these brands, you've got to find a driver that suits, yeah. you know, build the car, make sure you're in a good spot and, and go from there. I mean, you know, looking, looking through your actual, you know, track record, um, non-ironically, like you've had good results too, and you've had good comebacks and, and you figured things yeah. out. I mean, notably qualifying first in St. Louis in 2020, um, even Monroe, you qualified like 32nd and then took fourth, like, Man, that was a, yeah, that it's all in, yes. Um, what is it? Is it like a head thing? <laughs> it's in the head, 100%. Yeah. So I just have to let go. So the big thing is just don't think. And mm-hmm. it took me a long time to learn that. Um, but it had, I had to like just actually do it. And I did it a couple rounds last, I think. I did it three rounds last year where I just had fun, didn't think. And I'm like, trust my car. The team is going to do what they said they're going to do. And when you actually just let go and do that and you don't try and micromanage your own lap or whatever, Mm. your body knows what to do. So, and like my body does know what to do. So I'll, I'll be doing a lot better next year. Like I'm just going to do the, you know, I have like a couple of things I've been working on in this off season or this long year off. This <laughs> off and uh, you'll see like the best results you've ever seen from me um, next year. And I'm just going to have fun and enjoy it. And there's not going to be the pressure that I was putting on myself. And that's probably why I was like, you just make a mistake that you're like, that's not even me. Like, how did that happen? And it's because you're overthinking and we're just not going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. You can't think like, I mean, it's everything happens too quickly for you. you just, you would screw up. Yeah. If you, if you la- actually truly The last react, thought yeah. needs to be like, you put it in first gear and you got the car to leave the line. That's all, that's all you should ever think. And after that, your body, like I've been there so many times, your body knows exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. You just focus on the car you're chasing or, you know, you just do your lead lap and 
when I finally let go of that, like I, I drove way better in those rounds. But then there was a couple rounds last year where I had like this insane pressure from some outside sources where I was like, I need the results. And whenever you think of that, it does, it just falls apart. Yeah. That's, that's like the last thing that you, that you want. Right. Yeah. Like you, you're under, you, no one will put you under more pressure than yourself. Right. No one's going to be For a harsher sure. critic than yourself. For so sure. like adding on to that, it's like, Oh cool. Now I have everyone else's expectations on top of that. Yeah. And then it just will all fall apart. So like, we're not going to do that. I'm going to do really good next year and you'll be like pumped for me. And then you'll see like why we're so excited for the comeback, I guess. Yeah. All right, all you podcast listeners, I managed to poke and prod Ryan Sage a little bit and save you some money on merch. So use code podcast 23 at checkout. Save yourself 20% on your favorite FD merch with the hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever it is that you want. Use code PODCAST23 at checkout. Save that money. Get yourself some cool FD stuff, and we'll see you out there. Is there any major, like, engine changes, chassis changes, or anything like that? Um, No. Like, there'll be, like, small small little up, upgrades or little things. I'm just going to go through it and make sure everything's ready for battle and ready to, like, you know, go try and destroy it like we always do. But... It was so reliable in 22 and like zero issues. And like I thought about, there's a couple of things I do want to do, but I I don't think it's the right time. Like I really want to do fresh air anti-leg. And like it's it's like a cool thing, but it's another system that could fail. It's something I should have like built and tested this year, for, for example, you know, and I'm not the kind of guy that wants to do everything new and then, let's test it twice and well, we're at Long Beach. I, I don't like yeah. that. So we're not going to, we're just going to run it. Same engine. Well, it'll be a new engine, but same, you know, three, four stroker and just try and keep it, you know, right around nine fifty at the wheel. And hmm. why, why do you turbo. think so many people have moved away from strokers? Cause that, that it, it seemed like the stroker was the thing to do for the longest time. There were some issues that happened with it, and then a lot of people moved away. But you've stuck with it, and I never didn't have a stroke. I've <clears throat> still to this day never had a built engine that wasn't a stroker, and I've never spun a bearing, never broke a hole in a block, never done anything. I'd never hurt a bottom end. I've messed up a lot of cams and buckets because of anti leg stuff. So that's uh. why you don't hear my car making pops and bangs anymore. <laughs> and it just because like the head is the weak link on a two J. Um, it's not very weak, but when you're pushing real hard and you're on the limiter, it, it's going to wear valves out. And so I've kind of learned over the years of how to make it last a whole season. Um, the stroker issue. So if you go way back, uh, people weren't like a line honing and boring for billet main caps. And that is going to, you can't do that. Like, so there's some people that were having issues there. There's a lot of the people having issues of, if you go back and look, they're either overspinning them or they're a front sump 2J. So huh. you're front, if you're a front sump, you're already, you know, up against a hurdle there because like the G forces are going to pull the oil kind of out of the sump. Um, so if you have a rear sump 2J, usually will never spin a, you know, a rod bearing or a main bearing, but a front sump will. Not always, but they will. Yeah, more likely to. <clears throat> yeah. So it each one probably has its 
issue, like if you're saying, oh, Ken Gushi or Ryan Turk or whoever else you're going to say, Forrest Wang even had some issues, but like... <laughs> I wasn't going to name names, but here you are, so it's okay. Front sump, front sump, front sump. They're all front sump, so you huh. got those issues. Um, and I had a stroker in my streetcar when I first did my first like engine build um, way back, and I was like, it was the coolest thing because it has mid-range torque, which... You don't have to wait for the turbo to spool. So, like, mm-hmm. if you've driven one, then you didn't drive. You're gonna be like, ah, I kind of want the stroker. So it's just like, when I don't know, they just had their issues. But when I'm building an engine, I want it to be as close to a V8 like power band as I can make, but out of a 2J. And I stay 2J because then it's a purebred vehicle, and I always thought that was super cool that it's you know the same engine that came in you know so and I can't let the fans down, but <laughs> it would be pretty cool to have like a super built V8 in like this the chassis could take so much more, just a big supercharged V8 in a super, but I'll never do that. So if I ever do that, I'll be in a C7 Corvette. But we're uh. gonna keep pushing the Supra for a couple more years. Yeah, I, I think between if you if you did the fresh air anti leg, obviously that reduces yep. the likelihood of of top end issues. The stroker kit fills out the mid range. I mean, that would be it w- a pretty it, phenomenal setup. It I mean, would be like you had nitrous, like the yeah. every time it's like I never yeah. even got to drive it, but when you ask like Ryan Turk about it, he's like, Oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I wish I had it. And when you ask Brian, Heartsock Motorsports Brian, yep. the guy that's like really involved he's he's like you got you should do it but and he's like just do it now i'm like i'm not gonna just do it now like i don't want to have issues you know i mean you could run it on like a practice car or something like that or a demo car that's the type of person i yeah that's what i should do i i want to say it was like man i think it was wall i I don't think you did well but you had like your anti-lag just absolutely cranked at one point in time i remember that being like the pinnacle of and the it pops just and bangs. hurts the mo. It hurts the head. Yeah. yeah, like on the exhaust side. What it does is it'll hurt it, the bucket. Will you'll get like float your valves with all that happening, mm-hmm. and the bucket will come like it'll be kind of rattling around in there just ever so much as the cam lobe comes down. It explodes like the bucket will just be annihilated because it yeah. or it'll get jammed sideways. And then you can't feel a power loss per se because you're just in it and you only lost that one valve. But then it's just chewing that up and that's all through your motor. And then you're like, well, there we go. Like it'll still run, but it's like, well, now I got chunks of metal throughout. So I got to, you, you just, the smart thing to do is just set it aside and like tear it down and put your spare in. So I did that several times and I was like, and it hurts your exhaust manifold. They'll wear out an exhaust manifold every, two years for sure sometimes once a year because it's like exploding in there so there's just it wasn't worth it so we don't do that anymore and it wasn't improving the way the car drove like at all really because it's not the same as the cold air anti lit or the fresh air where it's just like keeping your turbo like fully lit like that's where it's at because then it's like you could have boost basically off the line if you asked it to you know yeah yeah that'd be sweet well I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, even if yeah. it's not coming this season. Um, It'll happen. You'll see it happen before I'm, you know, done yeah. with this stuff. Before I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what made the the decision final for you guys to make the move to Florida? Because that's um, huge. It's like 10 things. So we could, like, 
I don't, it, I don't know what would be the biggest factor. It's probably the California rules taxes is like technically the biggest factor because like California weather is going to be the best weather year round. Mm-hmm. Florida has like decent weather, but it's a little too hot a little in the summer, a little too cold in the winter. And then there's hurricanes. Rain. So <laughs> yeah, rain and hurricanes. So like it's probably the rules and how like, it's just so strict and having a race shop that was modifying other people's cars in California had me like stressing all the time. Like, are they just going to walk in? Is the, EP- <laughs> is the EPA coming for me? And like, I don't know what, what like the target is for them. And I luckily nothing happened, you know, on that, those levels, but that had me pretty worried. And like, we had people sign all these things like off-road use only when the car comes, you take the plate off and it's just, Mm-hmm. So that sucked. Um, the cost of rent, the cost of, you know, like you weren't going to be able to buy a building there in California yeah. unless you were making all the money. You know, we, we don't make that kind of money. So we weren't going to be able to buy a 30, you know, $3.5 million building where we, that's what it would have been where we were. Jesus. And so we're like, uh, okay. So we keep renting and rent keeps going up. And then you want to buy a house. You're like, okay, it's like, 1.2 million for a 1600 square foot three bedroom in Costa Mesa. And we're like, like that's like going to, the mortgage will be the same or, you know, if you had a big down payment, the same as the shops rent. And we were like, nah, like, I don't know. Like we, and I don't know that yeah. those are some Just of the a re- lot. reasons. Yeah. There's, yeah, there, there's nothing keeping you there. Right. Like, no, that's- the f- we miss the friends. We miss like California is convenient. It has, 10 of everything you could ever want, it's there and it's only 30 minutes, well, traffic, but yeah. <laughs> supposedly 30 minutes away. But like that part, we don't have in Florida. Everything's like you got to drive or ship it in, which we, we're we just happy. It's like slower pace of life here and it like lets you relax and we're still able to pay our mortgage on the shop because you're able to buy the building, buy a house for less than you would, you know, you couldn't have done that in California, like less than a third or whatever. So we're happy. Um, we wanted some of the employees to move, but like we offered it to all of them and they all said, nah, and we figured, but like we tried. So then we had to have like our backup plan was like, you know, the web sales have to cover everything before. And we tracked it for two years on our web sales and we're like, yep, the website could pay this amount of a mortgage for a shop in a house or we tried to get it all in one place, like a, you know, shopping yeah. house on a five acre, but we couldn't figure that out. So I don't know. Those are some of the reasons. Does that answer your question? Kind of? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, it just sounds like, I mean, it just didn't make sense anymore. That's it. It, it was like, you couldn't enjoy what California had to offer if you wanted to run FD and run a business and cover payroll and cover rent. It was like it demanded, I guess the yeah. business just didn't make enough to make sense to do all the above. Mm. So we're like, we will have a better life if we move out of state. And so we thought about many different states, but Florida just kept winning us over. So we're <laughs> in Florida now. Well, and I mean, you, you're close to two events anyway, similar to California, yeah. right? Like, it's in your East Coast. I mean, there's there's definitely some some bigger benefits to it. So yeah, it makes sense. I, I was we're just, happy. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. And and I don't think I don't I don't know Renee well, but I feel like she is the kind of person who like very much thinks everything through. Where it's like, okay, I've covered 
you know, as many bases as possible. This is definitely. what makes the most sense. This is what we should do. She's, yes, yeah, definitely like what you said. Um, she had, like, when we were going to move, she's open to other places, but she's like, we will never live in the desert of California again because she grew up um, in Palmdale, Lancaster area near where Willow Springs is. Yeah. And she's like, because you could find places out there, like the outskirts of California. And I'm, you know, I grew up in Washington, so I was open <laughs> to that and stuff. And yeah. she's like, she's like, no, like we have to go somewhere that has like palm trees and is green. And so it's like, she kind of wanted to be here. She likes the mountains too, but she like kind of likes like the tropical effect that Florida has, you know, and like just water in general, yeah, <laughs> just, tons of water. She likes the humidity. So we're happy yeah. here. And I mean, you got airboats now. Like that seems yeah, to be airboats, like, drift everybody. boats. It's a drift boat, and it goes off an off-road drift boat. Who doesn't want one of those? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm planning a, a bachelor party with a, a buddy of mine for actually my friend with the Supra. We're kind of like looking at all these different places. We're like, oh, we'll do Vegas. We'll do all these different spots. And then I was like, dude, we could just go to Florida. Like flights are cheap, hotels are cheap. I'm like, we can do basically anything that we want to do you in can. Florida. Yeah. If you want to do the airboat, the full experience airboat ride and you want to go with Rad Dan, you got to plan it and I'll All take right. you. I'll, I'll let you know. I think we're we're planning on like pairing it up with like a Cletus event too and like going <laughs> to a Cletus event. So I don't know how far you are from there, but like I'm I mean, I, on the same coast as him, but I'm about 110 miles. So it's two hours roughly. I, I would travel two hours for a Rad Dan boat experience. Yeah, we, that's for sure. We will have fun and we can do skids <laughs> in the parking lot with the Z3s. All right, I might I might take you up on this offer, sir, because this, this is sounding like a pretty. He's a big golf guy too, so I'm like, all right, you guys go golf. I don't, I don't I'll know cook. how to golf. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. You can skip that part. So, all right, all right. I think I think we might be sold on uh, on Florida then. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, it's just such a underestimated area. I mean, you get like the Florida man stuff. Have you have you experienced any good Florida man stories yet? Oh, there's. Florida has some interesting people that are not like anywhere else. So, uh, I guess like, what, <laughs> I don't know. Like the, I'm just like a mate. I just observe everyone. I'm like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> how is that happening here? But I don't know. Um, what, like, what do you constant, mean? Like, like constant chaos. I don't know. Is there like any just crazy people the, doing the car? The truck style is just horrible. In my opinion, <laughs> they like, there's like the ones that have it squatted uh, in the back. And I, yeah. I don't know exactly what we're going to call that, but they have like a full-blown lift kit, like six-inch lift kit where it's like maxed out in the front and nothing done to the back. And then they do some different... It's like they, they want their exhaust to be the worst tone you could imagine out of whatever engine they have. And I'm just like, what? what? So there's that. And then there's the full lifted ones with like the rubber band tires that have like a 30 wall, 30 sidewall, but it's like a massive 26 or whatever rim. And it's like, and then they have it all lit up. And I'm like, okay, this dude spent like 80 grand on his truck, but he can't, can't you, like, you yeah. can't like tow with that anymore. What are you doing? I don't know. I can't uh, get my mind wrapped around those, but yeah, there's a lot of, and there's, Florida's really into like the three wheeled Harleys big okay. time. And I, I can't, I can't get into that either. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. The trikes. I mean, it's like all Ugh. the benefits of the motorcycle with like a slight Why? bit more safety. Why? Couldn't tell you, man. Ugh, Couldn't tell know. you. <laughs> 
So what what is your what's a day look like for you right now? Like what is your an average Rad Dan day? Um so wake up, hang out with Renee a little bit at the house, have our coffee and breakfast. Then I, I have heard you have a, a nice little cafe wherever you go. I, that's, that's I just critical. like coffee a lot. Yeah. Right. And so I, we got an espresso that. machine and we could, you know. Oh, you're you're rocking espresso too. Like Yeah. Okay. So what, espresso what is more like the weekend. So you gotta, you know, it's time, you can't yeah. overdo it, you know. Do, do you have like a full I'm a big, big coffee guy. Like okay. big coffee guy. So like do you have like a full build out of a kit or like what do you have for an espresso um, machine? <clears throat> I don't know the name that I have. So I have like one that looks old school with like the knobs to like for the pressure and stuff. Okay. Um so and then I have like a pretty decent grinder that I can like dial in really and like set it has a scale built into it so I can oh, like Oh sweet set exactly because each coffee bean that you try is going to have it's going to need to be ground at a different like you know mm-hmm. it can't be so fine with one where the other so you almost have to sample one and then tamp it and then test it and you're like ah that tastes sour and you could tell because it did yeah. and so but um yeah so you kind of like it takes you like five minutes to make a you know an espresso but and then you foam your milk and then like i have different flavors but that's something I had wanted. So the the reason why where we moved doesn't have like a Starbucks or anything. So you couldn't really go get. They have one place, but it just doesn't. They don't know what yeah. they're doing. They don't know what so, they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like really picky. Like I like okay. really good coffee. And California is good at that. And where I grew up, Washington is good at that. But yeah. not Florida. So when we moved here, maybe there's some spots like if you go to a big city. But where we're at, it's kind of country and. No. So I got it and I'm kind of pretty good with that now. So yeah, that's like the, that's the beginning of the day, but that'd be a weekend. So the beginning of the day, you just have normal, you know, breakfast with Renee, hang out. Then I'll go to the shop at like eight, eight thirty. Okay. Um, pack orders that came in from the day before and then like answer emails and stuff like that. And if we have like some obligations to like some partners or something, start working on that. And then the back half of the day, I'll be working on something like shop related with my hands. Cause I'll go crazy if I, do, cause that's really all I want to do is work on stuff with my hands, but I can't do it all the time. Got to do all the things to help run the business. And yeah. then, yeah. Are you there like later? I, I mean, um, I guess without the, all the staff and everything now, it's probably a li- home a little earlier. Yeah, sometimes you'll get carried away on something you're doing and just stay till nine o'clock because, like, it's I don't know the shops like where you I I could be here all day every day and like do, doesn't feel like I'm really working, you know? I like being yeah. here. Yeah. So that's kind of the average day. Some days they'll be drifting in there, just like something out in the front, or they'll be like, um, I don't know, could be something completely unrelated to cars i guess if we're working on like getting the shop set up so i did a lot of that this year like fixing stuff and making it how i wanted it to be you know to like function as a normal like where i could build cars again if i need to or i'm gonna start with this guy yeah well and and, i mean i I know you're like moving racking at one point you're looking at like paint booth setup and then you know just getting tools in a good position and and all that i mean that takes takes some time yeah it took a while yeah yeah um, Playing with so, crazy cards. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, crazy cards. That'll eat up several hours. It's amazing yeah, how like sometimes. the arm workout from those though. Yeah, it's it's like this muscle on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about your voice as somebody else uh, with like a very distinctive voice. You are, are kind of accused of being generally monotone. Yeah, is that or, 
are you just, high? Are you high? Yeah. And like, I, want, no, I just want to like, like address not. that. No, not, I figured <laughs> no. Florida. I mean, I've, I mean, I have been before, but no, I'm not. <laughs> like, you, you're going to say I'm high all day, every day. Definitely not. I'm like, a, I'm like a super driven, pretty serious person. Like, we got to accomplish all this stuff, like, finish our checklist. Yeah. But my voice is, yes, very like, people are like, oh, you're just the chill surfer, dude. I don't surf. <laughs> I've tried it three times. Not my thing. I don't really like going in the ocean that much. And <laughs> my voice is monotone. It always has been. I I don't know. Huh. It's just me. I, I just, I was always curious about it. Just like, it's yeah. it's always fascinated me because like I'll, I've watched, I mean, I've, I've watched videos of yours for years and just seeing like, you as excited as you can be, you just kind of okay. get a little louder. <laughs> I get loud. Like if you get me, like yank me out after a set of tires out of a drift car, I'm. That's like my full animated self mm-hmm. with like probably not monotone at that point. <laughs> the rest of the time, though, like I, I don't know, mostly monotone. Unfortunately, ah, I mean it's it's more just personality. <laughs> I think like it's better to have something, right? Yeah, I get the I get the my my favorite comment ever was like the first for one of the first videos. Someone's like, "Oh, this dude's produced three podcasts and hasn't cleared his throat once." Because it always sounds like I'm a <laughs> but better that's to just clear you. my throat. That's I know, just I know. you. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought to think. I never like. Well, I kind of just accept people for how they are, and I'm trying yeah. not to be judgmental because like that you just see past that stuff, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I never, no. <laughs> but I, now that you say it, I'm like, you're right. You're going to clear your voice soon? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It's something to, to lead in on and, and like branding on. Right. Like, I mean, you, you definitely dove into the rad stuff. Like I always love the eighties themed stuff you guys are doing with the intro and the glasses and like the silhouette and the big colorways and stuff like that. So that's just I, I think it's good. my favorite. So like, let's do 80s stuff and the yeah. bullet fits and whatever. It's kind of nineties, eighties. I like both of it. Yeah. Late, late 80s, early nineties, that synth yep. wave like era. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's, I think it's important within just general, like drifting, but like marketing in general to have something right. It's easy to hang your hat on the guys who have some sort of like theme or story or personality you know, if, if, if it's just a driver with like nothing, it's very difficult true. to want to follow them. It, that is very true. So I would have, I wouldn't be what I am without Renee. So like Renee is like a branding genius. Mm-hmm. So I had the idea of like, I like the eighties and I like the mullet. That was my idea. But like the rest of the cool shit is from Renee and she's super creative I had the idea of Rad Industries, which doesn't stand for Rad Dan. It's Renee and Dan Industries. So like, but then she, so I don't know. Like, it's cool. It's easy for me to like go with it and everything. And it is me. It's just me. But like, not everyone has a Renee. So I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> she she helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it really pushes that idea that like having a, a partner that's supportive and, and picks up where you, you know, aren't able to is, is so incredibly important. Like it's, I, uh, yeah. I, I know at, at least in my own life, like there's no way I could manage all the shit I have to manage every day without a wife that just says yes to stuff. Like I had another car show up in the driveway while she was gone the other week and like, <laughs> she didn't get mad. She didn't get upset. She's she, she, she was just like, Oh, how are we going to fit that in the driveway? I'm like, well, if I move <laughs> this here and like move that there, like it's a two car driveway, I have four cars in it now. And then she's like, <laughs> okay, what's the plan? I'm like, I need another drift car. She's like, yeah, you do. She's like, okay, well, 
She's you know, the just, best. She just yeah, said, yeah, just, you did. Yeah, that's it. Like, she, she, you, know, she, you know what she did? She went and made a TikTok about it. Like, she's got a good little, she's got like 100,000 followers on TikTok. So she oh, went and made like a TikTok about it. And like all of all the people that follow her are like, oh my God. And I wouldn't know what I'd do if my husband brought another car home. See, and, but you found the one you're meant to be with. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I put up with her stuff. She puts up with mine. Her stuff is way, way easier to put up than my shit is. Like, <laughs> Renee, yes, hers is easier too. And sometimes I'll like kind of fight her for a second. And then I'm like, I'll like have like a come to reality. I'm like, no, like, don't yeah. be an idiot, Dan. Don't be an idiot. Good. She you lets me do good. like all this stuff. Like, wh- yeah. So you just, yeah. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. So yeah. where do you where do you fall into um, ide- ideology wise about tire size? Like, have we gone too far? Are we are the cars getting too insane? Or like, no. do we just keep going? Um, don't keep going. But um, I guess it's so you can have a, a blast in like those piece of crap Z threes I have with like yeah. crap tires and. The smile is the same smile and it's the same adrenaline. It's a slower, like, it's not as risky. It's slower. So I feel like in FD, if that's where this question is like uh, pointed to, we have to, we have to stay kind of where we are. I know the tire manufacturers probably don't love that we eat tires, like no matter what in two laps. And like, we do need like super strong driveline parts, but like, we have, it's so entertaining to watch, even if like you're not participating in it. Like, I think to take it further might be a little too much, but where we're at is pretty amazing. Like, and I think that the power to grip ratio is like, it is insane, but it is like when you get it right and like you get two drivers that have like a beautiful lap together, it just wouldn't quite be the same if you had like 600 horsepower cars with, I don't know, like, not the same tire compound, 265s, like 300 treadwear, 265s. Like, yeah, they have close proximity and stuff, but it just wouldn't be as gnarly. I think it's it's just right how it is, I think. I I always look at it as like the difference between like Miata cup racing and Porsche cup racing. Like okay. they're, they're, they're both quick. They're both really tightly packed. Like the racing is all good, but you're still going to watch Porsche cup. Like if you're going to pick the two because... It's They're insane. faster cars. Like, yeah. yeah. The level FD is out is insane. And the money it takes, that part sucks. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. Like, that yeah. part sucks. And yeah. then you need the right people involved with your team. And it doesn't just happen. Like, you, you have to be really, like, smart about how you do it or it'll fail. But it is just right, I feel like. If it got to the point where the cars had 1,500 horsepower and you had to put a new engine every... I don't know, two rounds or every, like drag racing every time you were at, that, that's not, but like we're able to make an engine last for the most part a year. Transmission mm-hmm. usually lasts a year. You refresh it, you fix stuff. You, and it's, I think it's just right, but it is kind of on the borderline of being too far, but like let us do it while we can. Don't yeah. take it away yet. <laughs> what would you, I guess, have the same sentiment if money wasn't an issue? Like if some, if somebody, let's say Loctite comes in and goes, Dan, we're going to give you $2 million a year. Like, would, do you think you would still have that same opinion of like, we're okay? Or would you be like, nah, let's go. Like, I'm going to build eight, you know, eight no, 2Js well, and we're going to swap them out every time. And um, uh, Maybe. That's a <laughs> good question. So there's no transmission though that'll like take, like let's, 
okay, a 2J yeah. is not going to make 2,000 horsepower and have torque. Like, you could make 2,000 with a 2J, but, like, let's be realistic. Like, you need functional driving, so you need, mm. like, a nice power band, and it's not going to be like, oh, I rev it to 6, 6 to 8, it makes all this. Like, that. that that's not drivable. So mm-hmm. you, you would be real selective of, like, the engine that could do it, and then you would have... You'd be breaking transmissions and diffs more. Like we break them sometimes now, but not crazy. Like, I don't know. I just feel like we're at like around the limit, maybe 1200 for every car being 1200 would be the base, but like, mm. and that you could still reliably like use the parts. But in, I guess like the winter's diffs and now the bulldogs if have evolved to like take even more horsepower than we make right now, but there's not there's not a bunch of transmissions and there's not a bunch of things that'll take two that like let's say if we use an example 2000 horsepower and everyone runs 355s yeah <laughs> I, I don't know that like we'd have we'd be breaking shit and it would be a bunch of like you know oh he's out that battle didn't move forward because he can't fix it in five minutes and like right now i guess stuff like that does happen but it seems like we kind of got it the cars can't evolve to be like somewhat reliable at a thousand horsepower yeah, I, w- I want to say like 2017 to 2019, that's really how things were. And that was yeah. that was before, like that's when, I mean, quick changes were still around, but like companies weren't developing or progressing quick changes for drifting. You know, yeah. transmissions were still around, but most guys were running like a T56, y'all guy in a dog box, like they weren't progressing to meet that. I mean, I would, I would argue that like we would have like two years of that until some transmission company comes yeah. in and goes, okay, we're going to be would. the one that everyone picks. So. They would. So that it would evolve, but I don't know. Yeah. It would make it that much more unobtainable. It's almost is on pro drifting is almost unobtainable for like, let's say a 16 year old right now. He's like, yeah, I got my first car and I welded the diff and bought a handbrake and I'm going to pursue it. But he doesn't have dad doesn't have money. Grandpa doesn't. He has to do it on his own. Like, how is he going to do it? Like at this point, we're getting to the point where he has to be super marketable and I have to like be like, I'm going to retire. You're going to drive my Supra and I keep all the money. You just arrive and drive for free until I can yeah. find more money to pay you. That's like his almost his only avenue. There's still like people that'll find their path, but it's, it's getting very hard now. And cause I've been watching it the whole time and it's like, it was, I thought it was hard when I did it, but now I like, I don't envy someone that started right now. Like it's, so if you brought it to 2000 horsepower and it costing a million dollars minimum to run it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I like that thought, but if it goes that way, I'm not going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll evolve with it somehow. I'll find a way, but I don't think we should. I think, I think we are at the point where, um, skill in a lot of ways can get you to FD, not just money. Like, I do think that there are guys on the grid right now who are just genuinely skilled that have figured out a way to to get there. And I, I do agree that we are kind of like on that line where yeah. skill alone isn't going to get you to the show. You well, do need might, that marketability, right? But you would have to be that 0. 0.0 something yeah. percent, you know, of like, just like that, like perfect story of like, just you're just that naturally amazing and yeah. you just make it happen behind the wheel. It does, there will it, there will it, be those guys. That does happen in other racing. I mean, I I, yeah. I know like the comments will start blowing up because I always relate everything to F1, but I, like I look at F1 as like, 
you know, the pinnacle of motorsports in a lot of ways. It's not perfect, yeah, but for sure you, it is though. That's where all the money is. Exactly. So like you have somebody like a Lance Stroll who's like dad literally bought him a race team and then yeah. bought him an ex champion to be his co-driver, right? Like yeah. that happened. But then, you know, you could go back and, and uh, say that, you know, a, a Lewis Hamilton who didn't have a ton of money, he still was pretty wealthy, was yeah. able to get to the point of being, you know, a seven-time world champion purely on driving ability. But then, you know, there's also the marketability that starts younger. I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Like, I mean, I, I've got a 10-year-old now who wants to drift. And like, I could you, throw him in a Z3. I could throw him in a Miata. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, everything is available now that for $10,000, I could put him in a competition car. Now, it wouldn't be pro-am level, but like, he could go out to a base level or qualify at a pro-am event in a in an old e thirty six with a cage. I, yeah, I think you're right. I took it a little too far, huh? Because like, nah, if, it's all good. <laughs> if, if you were involved with, you know, let's say when your son is sixteen and you're still mm. this deep in drifting, you could make it happen, even with like whatever money you're making at this point. But you'll have the right connections, and you would he would find his way into it. But yeah, but somebody who's not it, as connected it, as I am, right? Yeah, like I'm arguably very be, connected. You are very yes. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm on the I'm on, I'm on the a podcast with Rat Dan right now, but like I'm I'm obviously a different story just because I could call any FD driver and be like, hey, I need this or I need this or you know the brands that I work with on a day to day basis. I could make a phone call and be like, hey, my son's racing, I need this part. But somebody who's not, who's like just discovered drifting, some dad who's just discovered drifting. It would be tough. Difficult, yeah. Yeah. But it, I guess it's still possible, but we're getting to the the place where it's not possible, which is why fans sometimes, like, they'll have the comments, like, wh- like it's not what it used to be. It's not, you know, it's not obtainable. Yeah. And it's kind of kind of true, and it's getting worse, but what, it's what really I say to fun the- to drive those cars when they're that fast and that much grip. Really yeah. fun. <laughs> what I say to people who are like, oh, it's not what it used to be is like, what it used to be still exists. It's just not formula drift. Like if you want to go see, you know, 2010 era cars, you can, there's tons of pro-ams out there that you can go and watch and support. If that's what you like, if you like 300, 400, 500 horsepower on 255s or 235s, you can go find it. It's just not formula drift anymore. Like take the history of any form of racing. It did what we're doing. We're evolving how we should, but I hope we don't evolve the t- 2,000 <laughs> horsepower where you have to switch your motor every round, ra- like literally yeah. every round. It's like, ah, oh, that's so much more. But drag racing, look at like the highest level of drag racing. Yeah. Every, Stupid, every run. A, a bunch of maintenance. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see I how also, it goes. I also feel like the role of the driver is different at that point too. Like you, those driver, and I know someone's going to correct me, but those drivers traditionally are not helping to rebuild those motors. They're not doing not that. They get all. out of the car. No. And they're doing PR and, yep. you know, they're doing PR. Maybe they go to their trailer, they're doing all this stuff. And then, okay. And 20 minutes before they run, they get back in the car, get set, go get out PR again. Right. Like that's, he they probably are has PR the people. interest to, he probably yeah. has the interest to help rebuild it. Maybe I would think, cause that's how he got into this sport. Yeah. But like, that's another thing people are going to be like, yeah, the, like drifting, they don't work on their car anymore or whatever. Some of us have to, and we yeah. still do because we have to. Do we want to? Probably not. <laughs> we just want to drive. We love driving. That's what, you know. So I think what, yeah, 
it could Any- evolve to to every driver just being like the marketing piece and then the driver, you know, like he's doing PR and doing all his stuff that he, which I don't see anything wrong with that. As long as the, the structure is there for everyone to be on the same field. We're not yet though. Like the full mm. field of, you know, the 36 guys that decide to do pro each and every year, it's a little different of which guys do and don't come back or whatever. But like, it's only like 13 of them that kind of have it or not even maybe that have it like how, you know? Yeah. I, I, so I, I would say anybody who's made the switch where all they have to do is focus in on driving has done better. There's very few people that have made that jump to just being a driver that haven't done better. And yeah. there's very few people that are running the entire show that are doing incredibly yeah. well. It happens. It's, it's like, barely yeah. though. It's almost like, yeah. too much in the head, you know? It's pretty yeah, hard. Well, that's what you said. Like, you have to clear your head, right? Like it, it all cycles back to like to get better racing the drivers need to be just driving. But in order to do that, we need more sponsors and more money and more market. Like it's, it's, this, it's, it's all just incremental gains. Like we get more marketing. That means more drivers can do this. And then you get these small steps the, and that's what the, the driving would be so much better too. Like it's, it's pretty good right now, yeah. but imagine <laughs> like, think about like, um, like a basketball pro basketball player. He's not yeah. doing anything else except practice. He's training his like body like with weights and working out or whatever, stretching. And then he's practicing basketball every single day. Like obviously yeah. it's expensive with a race car and tires. You probably can't practice every day, but like imagine how good the tandems would be. Like if but, the driver yeah. just practiced all the time. Every you could driver. be in a, you could be in a full motion sim all day, yeah, right? Like you'd be in a five axis could. sim, just constantly driving with another guy next to you. Who's your training oh. partner. Who's like, you know, just driving against you all day. Their entire job is to have you run their doors. Right? Imagine like, that would be, that would be some cool drifting to watch. So I guess we would hope it gets <laughs> to that. <laughs> I just like pushing my narrative of, of like how far I want drifting to go. I mean, I'm, I have such a vested interest in, it. I just want to see the sport grow. Right. Like that's, I do too. That's like that's, Renee and yeah. I will talk about like, well, it's stuck. Like it's just stuck. Like it needs just this little push to go to the next level. Like we're so close and it's like, it, we just need to be in stadium so bad. We <laughs> need to be, but like the car yeah. couldn't be as serious as it is and be in a stadium, probably like certain stadiums maybe, but like mm-hmm. you probably have to tone it back a little. Cause you can't get going a hundred in a stadium and then, you know, sustain like an 80 mile an hour. There's not enough space. You'd have to do like, you know what they do with like the big air comps where like you come in a door, right? Like yeah. you're entering the stadium at full clip. And then like kind of scrub speed and third gear on the other rest of the course or something. Yeah. You could like do a straight in, like a long one wall, right? All the way to the end, big yeah. loop around the end and then curve in and maybe like an S finish or something like that. That's where like, we need to be people. I know. We need a, we need a, like a big asphalt or concrete company to just come in and like sponsor an event. Cause yeah, that would be really expensive every round. Like, okay, lay, lay the track and then yeah. peel it up. Cause football's here next weekend. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they, they do it with like between, you know, hockey and basketball and, and lacrosse and whatever else. It's right? possible. Monster it's possible. jam. I don't know. It's possible, yeah, but it's not It's just possible. a money thing. I don't know. It's, it, it all, money. it always comes down to money. Like that's, yeah. that's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there. We're fixing, we're fixing drifting, you know, every episode. 
One episode at a time. <laughs> I think someone's just going to compile. I want someone to compile all the the ridiculous ideas we come up with and create like what FD is in five years or ten years, just based on the the ridiculous things that we've developed we've on saying. this show. <laughs> <laughs> we need a billionaire to be into this, basically. Also, that would help. I want. I. I. It could happen. I mean, there's lots of celebrities that get into different types of racing and inject a ton of cash into it, right? That's like what Brad we need Pitt for drifting. Brad Pitt gets into F1. Boom! You have an F1 movie, right? True. That's what I'm saying. It could definitely happen. It could definitely mm. happen. I don't know. You just you talk to your billionaire friends. You gotta have a few. I I don't think I have bill yeah. Let me you, let me look around. Have you gotta have take- you made any like celebrity connections now that you're you know drifting famous? Like is like who's the uh, most famous person in your phone right now? Oh, in my phone. Huh. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know. Celebrity. Like what like a movie star celebrity? Or I, what do we f- I don't know. It could just be drifting celebrity. <laughs> I don't know. Putting you on the I spot never thought these. about it that way. I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. There's got to be somebody huh. you've met over the years. There's I tried to see of- if you if you had an IMDb, but you were just featured in one film with uh, HGK about their trip over their season in the US. Um, you actually do have an IMDb in, in, if you're ever wondering. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Teach you stuff um, about yourself. I'm just thinking, yeah, I don't know. I don't really... Never really like pursued that stuff in life, like trying yeah. to find celebrity people. But I'm sure I'm friends with a couple. I just am not thinking of it right now. Yeah, that's all good. I'll cool. work well, on the billionaire friendship stuff. Please, though. if you could, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, all right, to wrap it up, um, I'm going to ask you the same question you asked everybody in your first vlog, and is what is what makes you rad? Um. Hmm. <laughs> besides the mullet, besides Rad Rad Dan nickname or Rad Industries, uh, I'm usually let's think here. Probably that I drift a Supra. How about? I think that's Will, pretty I'm fair. W- willing to destroy the Supra on the track just for for a good time. Just just for fun. A super rare car. You're just willing to chuck into a wall at 100 plus miles an hour for shits and giggles. Sure. There's probably many other things, but we'll go with that for now. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Well, dude, I'm I'm really glad we finally got to do this. I'm very excited to have you back in the paddock. I'll uh, I'll find my favorite coffee. I'll bring it to you in Long Beach. If you want to do a coffee exchange? We could. Okay, I'll, I'll bring do my, the same. I'll, I'll bring my little mobile, my my AeroPress. We'll make you know nice coffee. We'll just do pick. some quick coffee yeah. press. Okay, yeah, I, I'm we'll do it in the trailer. Okay, sweet, sick. <laughs> um, cool. Anything else? Any final words? Um, I'm excited to be back, guys. Been missing it. Um, nah. <laughs> Thanks for the interview, dude. Thanks for thanks for being here. This is awesome and fun to be with on here with you. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Well, for everybody listening at home, make sure to uh, make sure to tune in. Uh, get watch the video, split it up. Uh, for everybody watching, you can subscribe anywhere you find podcasts, and uh, we'll leave all the links to Dan's stuff. Uh, we did this after Black Friday. You had a really good Black Friday sale though. So, yeah. but make sure to get some merch. I'm sure there'll be some new stuff coming up for the season. Very soon, new stuff. Yeah. All right, sweet. Well, thanks again, man, and we will uh, catch everybody next week. All right, see you guys. Oh, no, boy! Whoa! Oh, 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 o